welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is back and they uh, design... Cake Maternity is a designer of a luxury maternity and nursing bras in a wide assortment of styles, sizes, and shapes to suit every body type. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Uh, Milky's Nipple Nurture Balm is your organic and lanolin-free answer to sore or cracked nipples. But we will hear more from those sponsors later. You can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page, uh, if you ever need anything, see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And don't leave without checking our shop page and scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And we are holding our continued giveaway of people who are leaving reviews around. So if you're leaving reviews around um, anywhere, stars, reviews, anywhere you can, just send a screenshot to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com and you'll get a little goodie bag of stickers and thank you for nursing in public cards. One of our um, very dedicated listeners sent me an email and she goes, I did it. I did a review a long, long time ago. So I went on Spotify and did some stars. <laughs> it's like, oh. perfect. <laughs> yeah. If you can leave it multiple places. Sure. Cool. I know. Yeah. It just so helps I thought get that the cute. podcast out there. It gets helps it get like ranked higher in searches on the different platforms. And so it helps. You're helping us. Yeah, it really does. Um, and you probably heard we noticed that you did download and listen to our last episode, which was all about introducing Patreon. And it is going over there. And you are invited to come and join our Patreon community. The You know, I was thinking about this and um, I was telling my hairdresser that we joined Patreon and she was like, what's that? And I was like, oh, <laughs> wait, maybe I should explain that you should be probably not the only one who doesn't know. So Patreon is a it's like it's a basically a crowdfunding or website or yeah, community so. or yeah. So you we have started our community there and there are different you can choose between different tiers of um benefits which are, you know, priced very, you know, differently based on what you get. And so we have there, we have um, extra ad-free episodes. We have mini podcasts, tutorials, uh, video tutorials. We have live streaming Q&As. We have, um, Diane and I have been posting, you know, some kind of behind the scenes, personal stuff too. And having people are sharing, you know, their personal stories. It's just a nice little community where, you know, it's, it's not public. Uh, it's so safe. it's, it's safe. safe. Yeah, it's safe. You're, you know, you're, it's just us. Um, and it's really cool. And people are joining. And part of the joining is um, a shout out on the podcast. So I'm going to shout out to the people who have joined. And that is Elizabeth P. I'm not saying last names. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel I just say the last I don't know. I feel like maybe some people are okay with it. But maybe some people aren't. Yeah, I wouldn't do I wouldn't do it either. All right, we've got Elizabeth P, Kristen W, Mackenzie C, Hannah, Sarah U, Sarah with no H and no last initial, 
Jessica M, Ellen A, Michelle, Kayla, Elia JS, and Kimberly D. So these are the people that we have been hanging out with over there. And if you want to come join us, that would be awesome. We're really hoping that, you know, we can create like a little community of podcast listeners that we can interact with more directly. Um, and you can find, you're going to need the direct link to that, to the, our Badass Wrestling Podcast Patreon page, um, which you will just, wherever, whatever you're, whatever you're holding right now or listening to, you just scroll down into the notes underneath that and it'll be the very top link there. And you can just check it out. And we really hope we see you over there. Yeah, it's our own little secret club. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It makes me feel very important. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Should I do our review? I, please do. Because our review kind of cracks me up. So the review itself is lovely. Um, but the name on the review, you know how they put a little name or whatever, is jerk face. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Oh, so that awesome. might be why I picked it. Might or might not be why I picked this review today because it was the name is Jerkface on it. So I found this podcast when we were going through bottle refusal for our baby. We had seen two IBCLCs that gave advice and that didn't work out for us. We listened to this podcast and then went to another IBCLC that shared similar advice. It was life changing for us. It took a month of patience and persistence, but she took a bottle right before I was going back to work. Oh my God, so stressful. Oh, phew. These ladies know their stuff, and now I found support in each podcast episode. It's a weekly favorite of mine and has supported me in my journey of exclusively breastfeeding to nine months and counting. So congratulations to you, because that bottle refusal stuff is stressful. Totally. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys got it figured out. And I'm so glad we were able to help. I don't even remember what we said in that bottle refusal episode, but I'm glad it helped you. I'm glad you found somebody that was like-minded, like our, my crazy mind. I don't even know how my mind works half the time. But. Good to know there's someone else out there like me. So. Yeah, that is good to know. My goodness. So today, today I was telling Abby, I'm a little nervous about this episode because there's so much info. There's so much stuff. I don't even know like what to do. Good thing we have a Let's somebody that wrote panic. in about it. Yeah, let's just panic oh, yeah. about it because that's what I like to do is really right. Panic so about uh, yeah, shit. and I got this message, and that's kind of how the um, well, that's how many episodes are born or through messages. Um, <clears throat> but this person, Brittany, uh, messaged me, and she said, uh, "Hi, I just want to ask if you guys have talked about or have an episode about change in milk supply or letdown. It's so odd, but sometimes I can collect a ton of milk in my ladybug haka, not the suction one. And sometimes I have like none collected all day. I'm very consistent with proper fueling and hydration every day. And I'm just so curious as to why I collect, why what I collect tends to change from day to day. Thanks for all you do. I continue to tell everyone about your podcast. Um, Gianna and I are seven months and going strong with our breastfeeding journey. So, I mean, you maybe have noticed this with yourself that you just have different amounts of milk mm -hmm. throughout the day, maybe from day to day, maybe from week to week. Yeah, it changes all the time. So a lot of times what I say to people is when they're using a milk collector and she's using that ladybug one, which is similar to um, 
the ones that Fairhaven Health makes. I'm blanking on the name of them. Milks, milkies, milk savers. Milk savers, yeah. Yeah, the mini milk saver, um, which they're wonderful. Well, they have the big one and they have the mini in. They're awesome. And they're much better than the suction ones um, for, for you, anyway, for your body. But I usually tell people that are using those, you're going to get more from them in the morning than you will throughout the day. Yeah. And it's kind of the same with pumping. You get more in the morning than you do throughout the day. And some people find that when they try to pump late in the day or in the evening, it's just not working for them. It, they're not really getting that much. So it's a lot of it is hormones, you know, like overnight, your prolactin levels and prolactin is one of the hormones that really keeps your milk supply going. So prolactin is highest overnight. And that's why in the morning you're more full, you're maybe leaking during the night. Um, you, so I always tell people, you know, feed the baby in the morning, 6, 7 a.m., whatever time it is that your baby tends to rise in the morning. Feed the feed your baby and then pump if you're trying to collect milk for like a stash or that's a good time to haka those first couple feeds of the morning because you're going to have a little bit more excess. Throughout the day, you just don't have as much excess. And a lot of it depends on like how often your baby's feeding, um, hormone shifts, you know, just all of that, what's going on in your life, you know, um, all of that stuff. It really does depend on what kind of is going on throughout the day. But that is pretty much why it's a lot of those hormonal shifts. That is one of the reasons why you're not collecting as much as, as you go on through the day. Um, we also kind of thought we would take this episode and talk about like milk composition and how your milk like physically changes throughout the day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like what's in it. Yeah. And um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, I don't know, this is beca- this is kind of a me thing, but <laughs> the, a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember what the episode was. We talked about milk supply. We talked about milk supply with something. Um, and Abby put it out for the internets. And some of the internet's freaked out <laughs> because it's, it was something about milk coming in, I think. And people oh, were like, you shouldn't yeah, use that transition. Term. Like, when did your milk come in? And then people oh, yeah, were like, it was, your milk it was doesn't come in. Of, yeah. And people were like, your milk doesn't come in because colostrum is breast milk. And so there's not really, you know, it changes, but it doesn't come in. Because coming in, with your milk coming in, you know, perpetuates the idea that like you don't have milk at the start. Or something like that. Yeah, people freaked out about that. So I wanted to clear that up. And I'm sure those people aren't listening because I don't know if they're <laughs> listeners. But that was now that like know. we're talking about it, that was the episode that was for um like low onset, low milk supply kind of thing. So uh-huh. the truth behind it, I um had the benefit of being able to watch a really cool um, presentation or webinar, whatever you want to call it, um, by somebody who is an expert in milk composition. He's like a brainiac um, and really an expert in milk composition. And he said that colostrum is not milk. It's absolutely not milk. What colostrum is, colostrum, it's actually very, very fascinating. Colostrum is protein. That's what colostrum is. Colostrum is pure protein cells that are transferring immunity. That's what it, it's an immune transfer. 
from the from the parent to the baby. It is not for nutrition purposes. It is strictly for immune transfer. There are 100 trillion cells in every milliliter of colostrum. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. 100 trillion cells. They're active cells. They're they're mobile. um, They're functional. And it is not milk. It's pure protein. So like the milk coming in, that is really like your your body is starting that process of making it's that transitional milk. Um, but like I said, we kind of talked about that to death, but I wanted to make sure in that one other episode, but I wanted to make sure that everybody knew like that's what we were talking about. And I knew it then. And I think I might've even kind of hinted to that on that podcast that I was like, it's not milk. It's colostrum. It's totally different thing. But in this presentation, they were very sure to say like, this is, this is not for nutrition. This is not a nutritious thing. This is for an immune transfer to the baby. Um, Which is why you don't have milk yet. Your baby doesn't come out hungry. Your baby's not born like, "Mm, I could really use like a steak dinner after that whole process. Like they have sucked (laughs) you dry for nine months for, you know, a reason for them to come out not be starving and be able to get that immune transfer upon being in a whole new environment. Right. It's really very fascinating. It's very, very fascinating. Um, This guy actually gets really excited about it when he talks about it, which I think is fun. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah. So um, milk, like we always say like, oh, milk changes, you know, from day to day, from feeding to feeding. And that is very, very true. And a couple of the things that I um, thought were really interesting that I wanted to make sure we talked about was the fat content. And I was telling Abby, I was like kind of nervous about doing this episode because there's so much info and I've just like was making notes all over the place. So there's like really, which is kind of how my brain works. It's just kind of like how all over the place, but we're going to talk a little bit about the fat content. So the milk composition, it's like carbohydrates, protein, fats, right? And there's like carbohydrates, there's four calories per gram, Protein is four calories per gram and fats are nine calories per gram. So fat, the fat in your milk makes up to 50% of your, of the baby's daily caloric intake, but it's variable. Fat is the one thing that really changes quite a bit in the milk, um, depending on what's going on, which I think is very, very interesting. So the thing with the fat and, you know, people are always like, why does it look like there's no fat in my milk when I pumped it? Do yeah. I only make skim milk? What's the deal with my the fat in my milk? You know, people really get obsessed with the fat in their milk. The fat in your milk is highest like earlier in the day because that's when the baby is more active. And it's lower at night because the baby sleeps mm. or the baby's supposed to be sleeping. Some people might be like, my baby doesn't <laughs> sleep. Like, what are you it. talking about? I know. But that's, that is why your milk is kind of like that. Just like how it's higher in melatonin at nighttime because it helps your baby to get more sleep or to mm-hmm. help your baby set their sleep cycles than it is during the daytime. So the fat content in your milk. So people that say that might be, maybe they're pumping later in the day and they're not seeing as much fat. It doesn't mean that the fat is not in your milk. It means fat is variable throughout the day and changes. And depending on what your baby is doing, that's when you're going to get that fat in your milk. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty, I don't know. I think it's pretty fascinating myself. Mm -hmm. One of the other things, and this came up a lot, so I really 
this has come up a lot. So I wanted to make sure I talked about this because it's come up recently. Iron. People ask all the time, should my baby be having iron? You know, my baby isn't eating a lot of foods. Should I be giving an iron supplement? This just recently came up um, with somebody else. And I've had a couple people ask about this actually recently. And there is a component to your milk called lactoferrin, which promotes, it's a whey protein, right? It's in your milk. It's a whey protein. And it this enhances iron transport. And it also is an iron binding protein. So this is why we say that the iron in your milk is actually better than if you're going to give your baby iron from an outside source. Because a lot of times you'll hear, oh, give your, start giving your baby iron at six months because the breast milk is, doesn't have as much iron in it after six months. And that is, I think that is true that the iron in your breast milk does decrease because you're starting to give solid foods at that point. However, the milk, the iron that is in your milk is going to be better absorbed by your baby than iron that is from some outside source. Right. So your baby is still able to get iron. Your baby still is getting iron from your milk. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know why everybody thinks it just goes away, but it doesn't. And it's actually a better source. Well, because we can't sell iron supplements or because <laughs> then, you know, if, if people think that. I know, right? All right. So maybe we'll take a break and hear from our new oh my sponsors. God, what? Hey, oh my God. I know, right? But then we're going to talk about mature milk and what happens in mature milk. And we're going to talk about calories because I have the breakdown of what the calories oh, are. Oh, are wow. Cool. I know. Everybody wants to know that, right? Yes. Freak everybody out. My milk doesn't have enough calories. The doctor said so. Now you have to drink cow's milk that has more calories. Oh, and I can also talk about something that doesn't that a cow doesn't have because he even said this is not found in cows with one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, simmer down, Diane. It's time for an ad break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. If you're struggling with sore nipples, you need pain relief fast. And when sore nipples turn to crack nipples, forget about it. It's enough to want to call it quits. Damaged nipples can cause real problems with successfully breastfeeding your baby. Check with a lactation consultant that your baby is getting a good latch and get some Milky's Nipple Nurture Balm. Nipple Nurture Balm is formulated to soothe, protect, and heal sore or cracked nipples. This nipple balm is made with organic herbal ingredients and combined with natural moisturizers to help provide relief and to heal heal affected areas and even prevent cracks from reappearing. Nurture Nipple Balm alleviates the discomfort so the joy can be restored to your special bonding time. It's safe for both parent and baby, and there is no need to wipe it off before nursing. Head to fairhavenhealth.com, that's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com, and use promo code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And... Today's episode is also brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is a designer of luxury maternity and nursing bras in a wide assortment of styles, sizes, and shapes to suit every body type. With over 18 years experience, Cake Maternity sets the standard in embracing and showing the realities of motherhood. With no Photoshopping policy, Cake Maternity are taking it a step further by committing to show and share real stories and imagery of moms in their most raw and vulnerable moments, to help remove any stigma and encourage open sharing of the realities of motherhood. 
The campaign aptly titled We See You Warrior embraces and acknowledges all moms without judgment and encourages women to share an unfiltered moment as a mom on Instagram to build a community of supportive women. Check out the campaign on Instagram at Cake Maternity and check out their bras at CakeMaternity.com. And you can use code BADASS15 for 15% off, which is valid for a year. And all of our sponsors and the promo codes can be found in the show notes under this episode, uh, wherever you're listening from, and also at BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com. At BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com, you'll also find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yes. All right. So... So Sure, milk. So there are 400 different proteins in your milk, which Whoa. I know, right? It's crazy. So 400 different kinds of proteins that we know of in your milk. And protein is actually lower. And so the protein, it goes like this. Your breast milk is, the nutrient breakdown of your breast milk is 87% water. lactose, 4% fat, and 1% protein. And we are lower in protein because human mammals grow slower, right? Like Hmm. other other mammals gain 100 pounds in what? A month or two or something like that? Like look at freaking hippos. Like how are they? (laughs) Come on. Like they have a very – those – animals, wild animals have high protein milk because those are very big babies and they grow very, very, very quickly. We don't grow like that. It takes us like 25 years or something, I think they said, for us to like reach where we're supposed to be. So uh, we have a lower protein milk, which is normal. However, preterm milk, if you have a preemie, preterm milk is higher in protein than full-term milk because those preemies need more milk or need more more milk. Those preemies need more protein because they're smaller. So your body knows how to do that. So mature milk is high in carbohydrates, but low in, low in protein. And your breast milk, there is a range of calories to breast milk, which is 19 to 21 calories per ounce. But the range, the full range is 13.2 to 25.8 calories per ounce. And the average, the average is about 20 calories. So when somebody says to you, there's not enough calories in your breast milk, we don't think there's enough calories in your breast milk. They don't know. Or let's add some (laughs) formula to put, you know, to add more calories to your breast milk. They don't know how many calories are in your breast milk. That person that's talking to you doesn't know that because it doesn't stay stagnant. It's not like this is how many calories are in your breast milk every single day of every hour of the day. That is like, that is just sums up anytime somebody tells you about your breast milk. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's body makes their breast milk for their baby, right? For their individual right. baby. They have no idea unless they have sent your breast milk to a lab. At multiple times a day, every day. Right. What's in there? They don't know. That is why, remember when we did that episode on those those things that are supposed to like 
tell you what the nutrient content is in your milk. Ugh, oh yeah, like you send kits. them. Yeah, those kits. You send them like a milk sample, and they tell you what's in it. Yeah, yeah that hour that you pumped right, it. Right. Yeah. 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 Come it's, on, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's it not is totally a bottle crazy. of formula where you can just say what's in there because you put it in there. Right. And then it's not going to change. It's unbelievable. Your body's constantly changing. Minute Parents to minute. Of, Sorry, go ahead. A minute to minute. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Minute to minute. It changes all the time depending on what your baby is doing. Literally, they're active during the day. So they're getting more fat in their milk. Like literally changes depending on what your baby is doing. So parents of males, their milk is 25% increased energy content, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And one of the things I think is really interesting about that is because I had boy-girl twins Mm. who breastfed. So my body knew that when Brandon was nursing, that milk had to be higher energy content. And that your body knows that because of the saliva that the baby is passing when they get on the breast, which there's a name for that. I'll get to that. Weaning milk. So this is really interesting too. When you get to the point where your baby is kind of weaning or like not weaned, but are not even like, okay, I'm going to wean my baby. But when your baby does that natural process of they're just nursing a little bit less, the milk is higher in lactoferrin. And remember what I told you about lactoferrin, that's what keeps your, your iron. Oh, yeah. So as your baby is getting more towards weaning, your body is making sure that their iron is where it needs to be. So fats, like we were saying, fats are the most variable and they're half of the daily calories and they're nine calories per gram. Average of 26 grams per day, um, but it's extremely variable. And like I said, higher fat content during the daytime. So the thing that they're saying was not found in cows is the um, like DHA and ARA. And they have very long names. They're, you know. (laughs) That's why they have acronyms. Yeah, that's why they have acronyms. But they are something that is being added to formula. So if you look at formula, it'll say like, you know, with DHA and ARA for brain development or whatever. And there's like, we do this, we put it in there. They make it because it's not found in cows. So they have to like create this DHA Mm. and ARA Mm -hmm. in a Petri dish or however they create shit. I have no idea. I'm just guessing. (laughs) And (laughs) then they give it to your baby. But your baby doesn't absorb it as well because it's not natural. So your baby is not absorbing it well. But that is not for calories. The DHA and ARA in your milk is strictly for brain growth. So, mm-hmm. and that is something that is very exclusive. One of the very, things that is very exclusive to breast milk is that they can create it, so to speak, and put it in formula, but it it really doesn't do what it's supposed to do because your baby doesn't absorb it well. Protein in the milk stays steady. That is one thing that doesn't really change all that much. Like fats is, are variable. Your protein is your protein pretty much. Um, so... And then we kind of talked about colostrum. Colostrum is 18.7 calories per ounce, which, you know, it's all, like I said, it's very high in protein and sodium, low in fat and lactose, and is not a food. Um, it starts at about 20 weeks gestation. 
And it's also high in fat-soluble vitamins. And your milk is too. And the fat-soluble vitamins being A, D, E, and K. And he was talking, I don't want anybody to take this. If you're pregnant right now, don't go running into labor and say, the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast said my baby doesn't need vitamin K because that's absolutely not what I'm saying. But it was kind of interesting that he was saying that like the, there is vitamin K. It's a fat-soluble vitamin. It's something that they give to your baby at birth and people have a lot of controversy around it. Here where I live, it's one of the things that's mandated. And they do it because vitamin K is helps with um, uh, blood clotting. So if there was like, you know, some reason that we needed blood clotting um, as babies are are super young, like newborns, I, like circumcision comes to mind, of course. But there's also like if your, you know, brain bleeds and things like that, if there's a problem or situation or, you know, high risk babies. But colostrum is high in those fat soluble vitamins and your milk also has them too. So he was saying that vitamin K the whole the whole reason they're doing they do vitamin K like that is based on research that was done a long time ago when babies were primarily formula fed. Mm, he said if they mm-hmm. did that research now with babies that are breastfed they might determine that that's something that is not needed at birth. But of course uh, none of that research uh-huh. is actually being done. So, no, you know, and knows? even if even I feel like even when research is done it doesn't change hospital protocol. It necessarily doesn't. Yeah. It, it doesn't because they're just, they don't have time to like redo everything. No, they really don't. You go they in don't. there, man, you go into like a labor and delivery part of the hospital. People are freaking out. I mean, they're just like running around, you know, going from place to place. Running. I remember that labor and people like that. People actually get jobs in there because they oh, like the they adrenaline thrive on the chaos. Yeah. Yes. And I remember my, my nurse, she was super nice, but she was like, I mean, she looked like she was hopped up on speed. I mean, maybe she was. <laughs> um, but like, they're not. Can you imagine? Like, okay, now we're just doing all this stuff differently now. They're, they're, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not that easy. Anyway, it's crazy. That's my. Rant. So I found this really great. Um, this really great article. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Um, I definitely suggest everybody check it out because it is really interesting, and it really it's. It basically, I was telling Abby, it's, I'm always kind of cautious on stuff I read um, when I pick up these blogs and stuff like that. But this one was really like on par with the stuff that he was saying in that webinar. So I felt really confident that this was a good source. So I am going to put this in the show notes because it was really good. But let's talk about the carbohydrates. We talked a lot about the fats, um, 200 different types of fatty acids that are in the breast milk. Um, it's variable. It changes quite a bit throughout the day. Carbohydrates, the carb or the sugar profile of breast milk is also very diverse. And the predominant carb in breast milk is lactose. It remains, the concentration remains pretty stable around three weeks postpartum and onward. And it provides energy for the developing brain. So this is, they need this, obviously, the high lactose content. Um, Our brains are only like 25% developed when we're born because we can't, past these kids if our brains were fully developed and their heads were normal size like could you imagine Uh, trying to have a baby that had a huge ass head full of brains it's just not gonna work (laughs) all right (laughs) so 
Lactose also helps maintain milk consistency and absorption of minerals like calcium. So human milk oligosaccharides, we call them HMOs. Breast milk contains a category of carbs called human milk oligosaccharides. And this is a more of a recent discovery. And they have found over 200 different kinds of HMOs in milk. And it helps to kind of like, they're thinking that the HMOs shed light on the immune benefits in breast milk. And for example, in comparison to mature breast milk, HMO content is almost twice as high in colostrum. Babies don't digest it. There's a lot of things in human milk, because they were really talking about a, a lot of different things in human milk that are not there for calories and are not there for nutrition. They have a completely mm-hmm. different function, yeah. which is, I think it's just, you know, really interesting. So HMOs, babies don't digest them. They function as a prebiotic. So babies do, I knew that there was prebiotic in human milk, but I really didn't know like the breakdown of like what was going on with them. Mm -hmm. They promote the growth of beneficial gut bacteria, which helps the baby from harmful bacteria. So it prevents like neonatal diarrhea, respiratory infections, and support healthy gut microbiota. So this is something that like really helps to promote good health and immune system support for your baby. And there's over 200 of them that are found in your milk. Um, Carbs provide more than energy. They also help to establish the gut microbiome too. So carbs are super important for and they're important for everybody. And right. everybody's like, don't ever eat a carb again because it's bad for you. But that's because really, Atkins did that. Yeah. So this is, um, that really does support a lot of stuff. So protein, we talked about that a lot. Um, let me see. Let me go to where. So breast milk composition changes during each nursing session. Four milk is the first milk that's expressed. It is thinner consistency and higher lactose content to quench the baby's thirst. And we do talk about like people talk about like four milk and high milk, but it really is like that first initial letdown your baby is getting um, when they first get on the breast. And imagine they haven't eaten in a couple hours, right? And you feel that fullness. You're like, okay, now it's time for the baby to eat. You kind of can feel that fullness of the breast. And you go to feed the baby and that milk is a little bit thinner. This is followed by the fattier hind milk, which really what happens, it's not really, we shouldn't even call it four milk and high milk. What really happens is as the baby is nursing and drinking that milk, like the milk is getting fattier as it goes, right? So once the the, baby drinks that thinner milk, then it's like getting into like fattier milk. So it's really just the process. People are like, how long should I leave the baby on until they get, get the fatty milk? If they're an efficient feeder, they're getting everything that they need. Like we don't need to time them and, you know, all of that stuff. But this is where we run into problems where people say only do 10 minutes and, uh, at a time, only do 10 mm. minutes on one breast and switch and do 10 minutes on the other breast. We're not giving your baby enough time to nurse on one breast for them to like feed efficiently and take the milk out of that breast like they need to. So the mechanical action of sucking at the breast triggers change in composition. And the amount of fat in your milk depends on how full or drained your breast is. So if your baby is feeding every like pretty frequently, they're getting more fat because they're feeding more frequently. Um, if you've got like these super full breasts, you're getting more like a more um, watery milk from the start. 
So fat content in a fuller breast is diluted due to milk volume. Just what I was just saying. This means the milk has a lower fat percentage. So that earlier four milk thinner milk has a lower fat percentage. In the drained breast, the same fat content becomes concentrated. This makes for a higher fat milk. Um, but it really, like studies that they've done show that babies, by the end of the day, consume a similar amount of fat. It doesn't really matter if it was like, you know, did they feed on the breast that was emptied more or whatever? Like, it's, yeah. they really, it all, it all evens out in the end is really yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I think that's another big message. They don't know and it all evens out in the end. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find like what doesn't affect breast milk composition. This was interesting. Ethnicity, gestational weight gain. Uh, based on current data, weight gain during pregnancy doesn't seem to affect the fat content of your milk. Um, they looked at analysis of women from seven different countries, doesn't significantly influence breast milk composition and breast size has nothing to do with the production of your breast milk. So, all right, we're going to talk about the baby spit backwash. Oh, do you want to say something about that? No, I was going to say like, probably like what you eat and what you drink. What does that, I would imagine that doesn't affect it either. There's like fats you can have, you can impact like the type of fat I think in the milk. Like if you ate like a high, you know, saturated fat content diet, I think that would change some of the fats in the milk. But a lot of the composition isn't necessarily changed by diet, from what I understand. Which is why we always tell people like, what, yeah, diet you don't like- need to have a specific diet or a specific right. thing in order to have the appropriate milk. Exactly. Um, so there is this, they call it a phenomenon. I just, I don't know if that's what I would call it, but it's called <laughs> baby spit backwash, which I think is kind of funny. Um, the breast milk composition is tailored immunity through baby spit backwash. So re- researchers hypothesize that the baby is able to signal his or her specific immune needs to the mother through their saliva. So during breastfeeding, the suckling creates a vacuum and forces a mixture of breast milk and baby saliva to go back upstream into the mother's nipple. And this retrograde milk flow from the baby's mouth to the mother's nipple produces on-demand immune cells for the baby. Which is, and then that's created and then passed back to the baby again. So it's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we say like, if your baby's sick, just keep feeding him because your body's going to know what to do. Right. Right. I mean, it's like when they're inside you, you know, you're sharing your, your, you know, you're sharing your bloodstream and you're sharing all that stuff. And when you come out, it's not like you're, that doesn't all completely stop because your, your body is continuing to communicate with your baby through the breast milk Mm -hmm. back and forth. Absolutely. Baby spit backwash. Goes into the mother's nipple, signaling the exact type of antibodies needed to fight infection. So I think that's really interesting. So that is kind of basically some of the, it's a, a breast milk composition is really, there's a lot to it. And as you can see, um, they're finding out new stuff all the time that is in the milk. And I don't I even say, know yeah. how they possibly know like, oh, there's 400 different proteins. What the hell does that even look like? I mean, well, does one have three hairs protein. on it and the other one has two? Like, I don't, what does it look I like? Mean, How do they know? You can see protein in a microscope, right? I mean, someone can. 
Yeah. How can you tell they're all different? Like, it's I mean, just fast. It's so cool. Like, why, I, I don't know. know. That's why they go to school to get smart like that. Yeah. They're really smart. But don't and let, I can just don't read let it. anyone ever tell you again that you aren't doing much by breastfeeding your baby that like, you know, take it or leave it. No big deal. Right. Clearly, clearly it's a big deal. It's You're amazing. kind of a big deal. Yeah. And some people say, oh, you're, you know, it's superhero to like, you see those memes all the time. Like, yeah, come on. This is like legit, fascinating, amazing stuff that your body does. Yep. It's really just unbelievable. And there's more and more stuff fine that we didn't, we only touched the surface of it yeah, just to kind totally. of like, oh, let's talk a little bit about it. Like it really, there's stuff that is coming out all the time. So, so yeah, so that's, that's your one one on breast milk composition. And like I said, I'm going to link this. I encourage everybody to like read through it because I just kind of skimmed some of it. Um, and that's it. Thanks Enjoy for listening. It. Thank you. Bye. Bye.